All right, everybody, thank you for joining. We've got uh, Dana Pappas and Nada Costa joining us this evening talking about uh, uh, what's happening in high school sports in the state of New Mexico. Um, welcome, Dana and Nate. Thanks for joining. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Sure. Good to be on another webinar with you guys. Cool. Uh, it's been a pretty interesting spring with, you know, the COVID-19 and webinars and all that. Um, you guys know the story about Dennis and I just being bored and decided to get things started. And it was kind of cool that uh, this thing kind of exploded from, uh, you know, just a, a couple of guys talking football to multiple sports. Um, you want to touch base on what your guys' opinion and how that's how it began with the statewide? Sure, absolutely. So as you mentioned, the two of you kind of started this off and I, I don't know if your intention when you were getting into it was for it to become what it is. And that is now seven different sports that we've got webinars in um, for our state. It's received national attention now. It's received uh, local press. And really, it's just exploded. And the two of you started it out of, out of boredom, as you stated. But it really turned into something that Nate and I realized very quickly we needed to get on board and start providing something for our officials during this uh, lull in sports. So, um, you know, Hector Martinez in baseball, he was right after uh, the football ones. And then Nate was like, we better start doing something for basketball. So we started basketball and then have just been trying to get people on board in some of our other sports. And now we also have had softball, we've had wrestling. We have our first soccer one tonight and our first volleyball next week. So it's been something that's grown rather quickly um, and rather unexpectedly. It's been great to see how many people in the state have participated in the webinars and then also people from around the country who have joined in as well. So we've kind of expanded the NMOA family outside of our borders and um, it's really just been a, kind of a fun ride. It, it kind of happened very quickly, but it's been a lot of fun and uh, a lot of learning and education and laughter and, and all of the stuff that we love about officiating kind of contained in these webinars. Yeah, you know, to, to kind of follow up on what Dana is talking about, um, this pandemic's almost been a blessing for our officials, actually. Um, you know, this is a time that um, well, with the help of YouTube, but this has been time that our officials have probably gotten the most training that we've ever given them, you know, and that's obviously with the help of, you know, the various officials in different sports and, and of course, you know, with the contacts that Dana has and, and, and um, the relationship she's, she's built, um, it's given us the ability to bring in some of these people and, and of course, you know, um, it helps that, uh, you know, we have individuals like yourself that want to, you know, kind of facilitate these things that, that really take a lot off of mine and Dana's plate so that, um, you know, because, you know, we don't know every sport, um, you know, we know um, some basics, but really, you know, you guys are the ones that know your sport and, and the fact that you can facilitate this is, is, is very helpful for us. That's so cool to hear. I know it, it, we did not expect it, but uh, we embraced it. Let me tell you, and we were really happy that other sports got involved. Um, Nate, have you, Dennis and I were talking, have, 
Is it the newer official? Is it the middle official? Is it the seasoned official? Who's who's been jumping on board, in your opinion, in the basketball or whatever groups that you've been attending? Um, it, it really just depends. Um, you know, depending on you know, I can speak for basketball. Um, you know, it's it's our veteran officials all the way down to our brand new officials. Um, and I and I would say that that's probably pretty similar. Um, in all sports, um, we'll find out tonight how our soccer population is, um, and and next week what our volleyball population looks like. But for the most part, um, you know, from our younger officials to our veteran, I think everybody's kind of taking advantage of of the opportunity. Okay, the reason I asked that question, and you know, Dana, you're I'm I'm sure you're on top of this, but because the newer officials, I think we're going to bring in through technology through. Uh, what what Dennis is really fantastic at is is uh, you know media you know web media met, uh, web advertising Instagram all that other stuff that he's involved with um, and I, you know the old fashioned ways of us getting new officials in word of mouth it's just the the us older guys or the guys that are aging really aren't in, in touch with the newer I, I just I find that this might be a a way we can do. Um, a better job of of recruiting. And I, I think you're exactly right, Ken. I think, you know, we're in an interesting situation nationally from the standpoint of, you know, definitely trying to retain officials, but we're also wanting to recruit new members into the association, you know, every association across the country. One of the things we were talking about at our last um, board of directors meeting for the National Association of Sports Officials was, the need to have somebody on our board who's a little bit more in touch with millennials, you know, kind of with the generation below me. And it was funny because they were like, well, Dana, you're the millennial on the board. I was like, whoa, whoa hold on a second. I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna, you know, sign off on that, but there is a realization nationally that, there, that we've got to start talking in a different way to potential officials because, it, you know, we're in a situation where we have to kind of do a blend of things. As as you all know, I'm huge, huge on relationships and I don't ever want the face-to-face -to, -face to end. I don't want the relationships and the family to end, but I also have to be a realist and understand that the old methods of communication aren't gonna resonate really with, with newer officials and using media and using technology and using all those different, um, methods of training of recruiting you know we have to get on board with that and i think that through this pandemic we've really seen that there's not only a need for it but there's also an interest in learning in that way and you know and looking at all of the officials across the sports that we've done there's been a, a decent mix of very veteran officials as well as newer officials but it's really the officials that are kind of in that six to 10 year range that have really kind of signed on with what's going on with with technology. And I think it's the people who kind of have their feet, you know, one foot on either side of that new, new slash veteran situation. Um, but I just, I really feel like this is a great way to reach the, the individuals who are visual learners um, be, because how we used to do things, how we did things 35 years ago, some of it works, but Certainly, it's time to adjust and adapt. Um, sports evolve, and and officiating has to evolve right along with it. Absolutely, and and really, 
you know, I, I'm probably the millennial and, and if, and I joked before we started this, no, unless it has bullet points or a little red dot that shows me that I have a notification, um, chances are I'm not going to read it. Um, and I think that's kind of how we have to engage um, some of these younger, newer officials. But we still have to keep that balance of reaching out to our veteran officials, and they still like to have live meetings, and they still like to to be that they like to have that face to face interaction. And and I I tell people all the time, the only reason I enjoy officiating was the iced tea after the game, and and. You know, that that still holds true today. I mean, everything I do on the floor and giving back to the community and giving back to the kids is, is fun and all. But the most fun that I've had officiating was the iced tea after the game. And so uh, somehow we got to find a balance between uh, that one on one, that interaction and using the little red notification dot. Yeah. And so so with that, um, when we first approached you, Dana, about these webinars, um, you know, what was your expectations when, when we told you what our plan was? What did you actually get out of listening in? Um, how did you feel the last two months went with these webinars of, of when we first sat down with you by telephone, you know, and say, hey, this is our, our, our idea? You know, it was funny because I don't know... I don't know what my expectations were because it was so new. It was such un uncharted territory for all of us. Um, I was hoping that there would be a little bit of interest. I was hoping that, um, you know, it would go on for a couple of weeks and, and, you know, maybe spread into some other sports, but I really wasn't expecting it to be everything that it has been. Um, it, it exceeded my, any expectation I may have had it's gone so far off the charts for me. It's just been incredible. And you know, I've been on probably 95% of all of them that have been on across all sports. And, you know, for me, obviously the content has been great, but the bigger, I, I guess the bigger win out of all of it is just officials being together from across the state, um, getting on the same page, but building those relationships and, you know, for me, it's seeing on some of them, seeing everybody's faces and just being able to spend that time with them because my schedule when it's normal is absolutely crazy. And I don't always have time to spend one-on-one -on -one with officials as much as I'd like to. So just having the opportunity to listen in and hear you all feed off of each other and, um, you know, at the end of them, people just, hey, you know, how's the family and checking in with one another. That, that family is really what's so important to me. And it's been unbelievable just to be able to witness it and see how much people are getting out of it. And, you know, the positive text messages that I get as the webinars are going on about how exceptional everything is, it's just, it's blown my mind. And it really has helped me, you know, you all know I've been doing this for a long time, but it's helped me connect with my population that I serve in, an extraordinary way. I mean, I can't thank you all enough for starting it. And of course, everybody who's been involved since the, the onset, because it it's given me a very full heart and it's given me a lot of hope to see so many of our officials who are so willing to give up their time to help other officials get better and who really just want to talk officiating and nothing, you know, I've 
of all of the things that have happened in my career, I've never been more proud of my officials than I've been in this in this pandemic because what you guys have done and officials in all sports have done to make this happen and to you know participate, it's it's just warmed my heart. And I, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank everybody who's done it enough because it's just it's been a sign of hope. It's been reinvigorating. It's just it's been so positive. I, I can't see a a downside aside from trying to figure out how to, you know, how to continue it um, and find more people who are interested in being a part of it. So I think that that's the only like, uh oh, you know, how do we maintain this? But it's just it's been incredible, like I, just absolutely incredible in every way. And she touches on the family, the fact that everybody gets to, you know, kind of meet. And we're talking officials from all four corners of the state are joining in. And and I see that, which is awesome and exciting. But I also see the fact that uh, we're the consistency uh, in the message and the training. Um, um, that's something that Dana and I uh, constantly talk about is how can we uh, be more consistent statewide? And and how can the, the central and the, the northwest and the southwest and the southeast kind of come together and, and really be a lot more consistent? And, and I think this is kind of the, the, really this was the blessing that, that needed to happen in order for that to happen. And, and, and it's awesome because everyone's getting the same message. Yeah, I, I told that, you know, that's the been the incredible thing is seeing all of you working together because I look at the officials and, and especially on the football webinars um, you know you guys had gotten Todd Morris involved with helping you get some speakers and he's a Clovis guy and just seeing people working together and talking about the NMOA not once did I hear somebody say well in our region we do this well in our region we do that it's been this is how we are going to approach things. This is philosophically how we want to look at look at things. And it hasn't ever been a, a regional issue, which has been amazing because we fight that all the time being so geographically challenged. So it's really been it's been incredible to see people coming together and maybe it was a necessity because everybody is kind of struggling a little bit, but I, I just feel like it's been such a unifier that um I, I can't sing its praises enough. So it's been a, it's been amazing. It has been. I've I've met people from all over the state, and it's like it made the state smaller. Where we all, you know, the guys from Clovis talking to the guys from Crucis. You know, it's it's just fantastic. I got a touch base on the state clinic. We just got an email that it's going to be all virtual this year. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, do you are you guys still trying to figure that out, or how's that's going to work? We are, so Nate and I plan on the next couple of weeks um, to figure out kind of what the schedule's gonna look like for that. So, you know, we'll probably end up having it the weekend that the state clinic was initially scheduled for, which will be July 17th and 18th, I think. Um, and we'll look to have the three sports, which would be football, volleyball, and basketball during that weekend. Um, probably multiple sessions we're still looking at. So we're gonna try to figure out if we're gonna do some panel stuff, um, if we're going to take the model that the AFOA folks, you know, under under you guys' leadership have done as far as the state clinic goes, but we definitely, you know, having this platform already kind of preset for us gives us some really good ideas as far as 
developing that schedule, finding speakers, all of that stuff. So we'll have to, I mean, obviously we have to do the sessions that are rules changes and points of emphasis and all of that, but these, uh, these webinars have given us really good ideas as far as oh, nice. other topics that maybe we wouldn't have thought about before. So it, you know, we're excited. It's something new and different. And I'm actually so glad that we've had all these webinars to date because it, we aren't having to, you know, reinvent the wheel for, for a lack of a better way to put it. We've got some ideas because they've already been presented to us. So that's been super helpful for us. Right. And, and I, th I think and, that, and uh, going back to, you know, how we were able to be on, on, all on one page and talk about one philosophy throughout the state is I don't think this happened overnight because we had been talking with officials throughout the, the state for about a year. Uh, we've been working with Sean Cooper and Cruces, uh, Leonard mm -hmm. Long Longhorn, uh, Dave Briseno. Um, Mike Ferguson down in Clovis. And so there's been about nine of us that have uh, stayed in communication for about a year now on slack.com and text message and emails and just bouncing ideas off of each other of, of looking at film. Hey, what do you see here? This is what the evaluator told us here. And just kind of trying to um, stay in the rule book and the mechanic book and saying, well, we don't do it this way, but this is what the rule book says. And so when this uh, pandemic happened and we said, we reached out and said, hey, we want to put together webinars and this is how we want to do it. They were already on board with us because of things that we have done before working on the, on the new mechanic book and sending that out statewide uh, to, to all those contacts that we had um, been working on for over a year. Um, you know, it just wasn't something that happened over over a Friday, Saturday. Um, <laughs> you know, it it it, it you know it took some trust uh, throughout the months. You know, Esteban Baca from Santa Fe, you know, was a really big part in in us sending out um, weekly quizzes last uh, regular season, and so when we reached out to everybody we just kind of said, hey, let's expand what we had been doing and get everybody else involved. And um, this is how we want to do it. And in fact, we want to bring in some some guest speakers to teach us. And so when we started reaching out uh, to these New Mexico officials, they said, hey, I know Brad Rogers. You know what? I could get a hold of Sarah Thomas. I could get a hold. Of, you know, I knew um, Scott Novak from the clinic. Um, Leonard from Farmington, his mentor was Frank Villar from the Pac-12. So, you know, everybody was just one person away. And so I, th right. I think the trust that we built over the last year in this group had a big part of us being able to make this um, these webinars work so quickly and everybody being on the same page because we had already been talking for a long time. You know, I, I really think the most impressive thing is, is all this stuff is going on behind the scenes and Damon and I really know very little about it. And, and, and absolutely we love that because anytime, you know, officials are working together, you know, um, when officials are working together and, and doing things to better their groups, you know, and we don't have to do anything. 
you know, and it's not that we don't want to do anything. It's just, it's nice to know that officials are out there working and, and taking ownership of, of their craft and, and wanting to get better. And so, um, like I said, these, these webinars were made easy for us because we're not having to facilitate them. We're not having to plan them. We're not having to put all the information together. That's all coming from the officials that just want everyone to get better and and so that's what i think is most impressive you know because we do we do i mean we get caught up in in the everyday day-to-day paperwork that uh takes us away from the training and development official of officials and so when you guys step up and you you like i said take ownership of of this then you know dana and i can still do our tedious paperwork but we can participate in all the fun and that, you know, that's really the the most important thing is the fact that you guys were building those relationships, you know, a year ago. And all it takes to, to make something like this successful is people who, who get it. They understand that it's bigger than just them. They understand that there's an entire state. It's not just your ba- your own backyard. And People who are willing to reach across those those county lines, so to speak, to forge the relationships and start to look outside of New Mexico. Even, um, you know, when I talked to James Yotis from the Tribune, one of the, or the Journal, I'm sorry, God Tribune, I just hated myself. Um, yeah, he goes, well, were these? Oh, we lost her. Are these? Uh-oh. No problem. We'll wait for her to back up. Hey, Nate, uh, you know, we have you talked to, we, we did. You guys are linking into, because he was seen on Twitter, all the people, and I was like, no, they're growing. And he was like, well, how do you contacts and be made at camps, and, and that's what's been amazing. Are you guys there? Yeah, you cut out a little bit. We missed half of most of that, ninety percent of it. We heard you say uh, you oh, to sorry, so our, from the journal. Our internet stinks. <laughs> oh, so you know, James Yotis thought we were li- linking in with a national webinar company or something, and I explained to him that this was all a New Mexico project. And what people don't understand is. If officials at our level reach out to the NFL folks and the NBA folks, the worst they can say is no. And the beauty of it with those individuals is they rarely say no. And the fact that you all were willing to talk to people that you had met at camps as clinicians or whatever and ask them to be a part was incredible because I I didn't know any of them other than the ones that I was able to solidify. So having individuals that are willing to not only make the relationships within the state to make this work, but also to reach outside of the state to find these very high quality speakers. Um, it's just, the effort is unbelievable. I, I think I'm still a little blown away by it. It's kind of surreal in a way because it's just, you know, it, this is happening in little New Mexico. So it's been, you know, it's been really cool. Um, but it's all, it all goes back to relationships, all of it. Nate's muted. Nate, you're muted. <laughs> we can't read lips. Dang it. Go ahead, Nate. There, can you hear? Okay. 
uh, don't let the boss kid you. You know, the reason why a lot of these individuals help our state out is because, you know, she has been so active with NASO and, and officials uh, nationally, and she brings them in. And, and it's just that, that relationship building and that respect for what they do and the respect for what she does. And, and so, uh, yeah, don't let her, you know, yeah, they do it. They do it for the boss. I hear you, Nate. We 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 honestly have to thank Lang Clark. He was like he opened the door for us. So you know, it's when I reached out to Lang, he was immediately he replied back and said yes. Yeah, so we owe Lang a big, uh, you know, pat on the back and a dinner sometime. Um, you know, and being on the board with when I met with the coaches and athletic directors with Dusty, we we started having an official slash coach interaction um can, i would love to hear your opinion on can we continue moving forward and having dialogue and webinars with coaches and officials you know in conjunction with each other absolutely i think that we'll see more of that just um just because of how things were kind of set within the nmaa so last year we started going back out on the road and doing live district clinics between coaches and officials and this year, because of the, the whole pandemic, we won't be back on the road, but we will have those combined clinics on webinars. So I think that that's definitely going to be an opportunity for that dialogue to continue. Um, and what I really do hope is once everything, you know, we have the green light for everything to go back to normal, I would love to see more officials talking to coaches and teams, you know, during practices and really again building relationships but also being educators because i think so many times the you know there might be rules that a coach doesn't know or that players don't know that maybe they could use a little explanation but the game isn't usually the best setting to get that full-on um, rules interpretation so i think you know we definitely want to keep that door open and in talking to dusty and sally they're they're all for it because I think that when we can have the dialogue in the off season or when it's not, you know, in a quote unquote adversarial setting, I think that it's just good for what we do as an interscholastic family. And I, I talk about that all the time. It's coaches, it's players, it's officials, and we all need to be respectful of our roles within that, that group of interscholastic athletics and you know, I think that starting these when we did in the spring is good. We didn't have a lot of participation in the first one, but at least um, there's knowledge that we're trying to do more of that. And I think that that sometimes is the biggest stumbling block is just getting word out that it's happening. So once, you know, once the word of mouth kind of spreads a little bit, I think it'll continue to grow, but I think it's healthy. I think it's a very healthy practice for us. Yeah, so with that, um, can you touch a little bit on, on some of the things that are coming down from uh, what, what, what went to the Coaches Association as far as huddle and um, any other changes that you that have resulted from those meetings? Sure. Um, so with huddle, one of the things that was brought to the executive board, and of course, uh, Ken is the football representative on the NMOA executive board, um, it was to mandate coaches to submit their film in the sport of football. Um, you know, I'd love for it to be in all sports, but not all sports use huddle, nor do they film in some cases. So we're really trying to get football coaches to send their games in, and we've been trying to figure out a way to do it. So a proposal came through the 
NMOA executive board and Dusty Giles is the NMHSCA representative on our board and he was all about it. So, you know, Dusty took it and ran and he called every football coach in the state of New Mexico and asked what they felt about sharing their film and basically a, a huddle account that all of us would share. And it was like 130 coaches were surveyed and almost 90 of them were just absolutely, you know, no questions asked. The only thing that coaches wanna know is what's happening with their film once it's there. And, um, you know, we've done a, a good job over the past several years when we get a complaint from a coach and we get film, we send it to the evaluator, the evaluator breaks it down, we share the feedback with both the crew and the, and the school that goes to the athletic director usually. And a lot of times coaches are saying they're not getting the feedback. So we're trying to figure out how to close that gap a little bit. And I think if the coaches are actively putting their film in and we have a way to contact them directly a little more easily, they'll see how that flow of information happens. So what we're going to try to work on in our office is kind of a timeline for how that will look with regard to, you know, if you play on a Thursday night, you have to have your game film in to us by, you know, Saturday morning or whatever. So we're going to come up with that now in the in the summer excuse me, in the summer. So that'll be a, a pretty big change as far as the NMOA huddle account and, and you know, getting officials filmed because they, they want it. Um, I know you two fall into that category of you don't care who's filming it is, you just want to see film. So we're working on that and um, having the coaches buy-in is huge. And, and uh, Coach Giles has been, he's done an incredible job in really starting to, to rally the troops in that area. That's fantastic. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, Nate, you want to talk a little bit? We'll we'll switch sports if you want for a minute. You want to talk about basketball and what you see coming up? Um, yeah, you know, touching on your coaches, uh, we, uh, in fact, this week, um, we're going to be talking to our assigners. Um, the officials are going to get to get to know the assigner a little bit. Uh, um, that's kind of really want to celebrate our assigners they do a, a tremendous job all year long um their job's not easy um and they really you know they they work their tails off so we just want um kind of like what you guys have done just bring officials from all over the state and so that they do get to know who the south um region assigner is up in farmington you know and and find out who's who and then um and then we'll get back to some film breakdown next week and then uh the week after that, um, we're actually going to bring in some coaches, um, a coaches panel. And and really, again, it's not to corner them or talk about rules or talk about plays. Honestly, we just want to celebrate these coaches and humanize them just like we want to be humanized. And and that's, you know, um, you know, for example, you know, one of our guests is going to be uh, a coach from Maxwell High School, Sarah Davis. Uh, you know, she's she's a rancher. She she grew up on a ranch and. And so we want our officials to know what she does outside of just coaching and teaching. And, and so, you know, that's, that's kind of what we have planned on the, on the basketball side. Uh, I know I'm considered the basketball guy and I'm trying to break that mold. You know, it's just, it is the sport that I, I know. And, and, um, but I'm definitely um, through all these webinars and, and these trainings, I'm, I'm learning a little bit about each sport, which is great. I'm loving it. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll ask another question here. So, sorry, Dennis. 
what speaking of humanizing, I've got to know so many officials from around the state. I see their face on the webinars. They'll they'll text or they'll email. You know, I uh, getting to meet a lot of the coaches and the athletic directors. It 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 kind of puts it all together before you know these webinars are be, becoming be on the board. I really didn't know that many people and that many coaches and athletic directors. Uh, I think the more familiar uh, familiar everybody gets with each other, it makes everybody's job easier to coexist. Absolutely. And it looks like Dana's frozen. So I'll kind of speak on that. And, and um, absolutely. And, and that's, that's the biggest thing. This, as officials, and I'm a firm believer of this, um, as an official, I, I truly believe that I am blessed to be a part of their game. I, I, don't, I, I don't ever consider it my game or, you know, this is, you know, this is my core and I'm going to take care of business. Like, because honestly, I'm just happy that the kids, the players, the fans and the coaches and the administrators give us the opportunity to be a part of that. And so, um, you know, it's definitely this whole, you know, goes back to why this is a positive thing is we finally get to all come together in a way where, People just get to meet the real Nate Acosta and Dana Pappas and and find out who we really are as people, you know. I mean, um, when I first started at the NMAA, I went on the road with Chris Kedge and and his his very first lesson, you know, because I consider him a, a mentor, um, you know, his very first lesson to me was, you know, this, this business is about building relationships. Um, think about it, you know, our office is, is known for telling people no, whether it's the officials or administrators or, you know, kids going to transfer or, you know, hey, um, you know, and so if you build those relationships and they get to know who Nate Acosta is, when we do have to say no, that no isn't a personal attack. It's a, you know, hey, this is for, this is what's best for the NMOA, you know, and then that's kind of uh, a lesson that I, I really think that I even take on to when I, when I call games, I, I take that with me because, you know, you know, yeah, sometimes I do have to call a foul on, you know, a team. Well, if that coach, if that coach knows who I am and they're, they have a personal relationship or they feel comfortable, you know, then, then that, that foul call is not going to be as, as detrimental, you know, it's, it's, and it's all goes back to what Dana said about building relationships. Sorry, my internet's being laggy. It's been like this all day today. I apologize. I, I always ask our presenters or, or whoever comes on our web shows, who is their mentor and how they got started. Dana, how did you get started doing this? Um, Looking back, I would have to say dumb luck. So I graduated from UNM in 1997, and as all college graduates do, I just started sending out job applications everywhere um, in about April. And I completely forgot about the application, to be honest with you. Um, got a call on June 30th of 1997 to as the 
assistant to the Officials Association Boys Sports, um, interviewed that same day and then started working at the NMAA on July 1st of 1997. Uh, first several months, I was terrified because officials were yelling at me about their ratings and I didn't know what they were talking about because it has just been, it was a job that had been vacant for a number of months and I was trying to cash people's checks from, you know, three months prior, it was a mess. I didn't think I was gonna last six months and, you know, 23 years later, here I am. But for seven years, I was the secretary to the Officials Association and uh, Boys Sports and um, Gary Tripp came on as the executive director of the NMAA in 2004. And I actually had a job offer on the table from a, another entity at the time. And I was ready, to be like I'm done. And he contacted me and said, I need you to stay. And I was like, why? He goes, well, I want you to be our commissioner of officials. And I was like, why again? Um, and I, I accepted because Gary and I had worked together quite a bit when he was the athletic director at Moriarty High School. And I just thought the world of him. So when he came on, um, I was promoted to commissioner and just, you know, the thing that always kept me at the NMAA, even through the hard times, was my relationship with the officials. Um, once it kind of got in my bloodstream, I couldn't walk away. The officials meant too much to me. It wasn't even so much at that point about the organization. It was about the individuals and the friendships I had made. And just, you know, I fell in love with officiating. Um, and, you know, a, a real respect and admiration for what officials do. And it, it's very unusual for somebody who has not officiated to be a, in charge of officials. But, you know, I've always approached my role as one of support and advocacy. But I also spend time learning about officiating. It's just, you know, pushing paper by any means. I spend time learning as much as I can and trying to contribute. And it's just, I mean, it's it's blown up for me being affiliated with the National Federation of with NASO and having those opportunities to bring um, information and people to New Mexico because all I've ever wanted for our officials is to give them opportunities to expand their neck their network so um gary made my mentor as far as um officiating but he's the one who took a chance he took a chance on a woman under the age of 30 who had never officiated and i don't know what he saw in me but he saw something that was of value and and i am forever grateful to gary because he he changed my life um and every day for me that I get to work with officials is just a, it's a treat. I, I love what I do. I love officials. And even when I'm no longer in this, you know, in this chair, I'll always be an advocate and a fan. And I think it's cool to have a job where you can just be a fan of the people that you serve. And, and I definitely am. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky to work with Nate because he's officiated and he can, you know, give me that insight that I don't have because I haven't experienced it firsthand. But, you know, having that as my team and having people like you guys who are willing to put stuff together and be the practitioners, um, it makes it easy because now all I have to do is, is advocate and fight for you guys. I mean, that's that's kind of a cool job to have. So, you know, I, I am the I am the mom. I, you know, never had kids and that's what you all are to me. And it's just um, you know, people always say that I get too 
emotional when it comes to the officials and I do I do because I just I'm the protective I'm a bear and I'm always going to fight for officials and I just um you know you all are family that I I can build on my own I guess so I think that that's what's made it so so special so Gary Tripp is a thousand percent the reason why I've a why I am where I am right now. So I, I owe him all the gratitude in the world. Sorry, that was long, no, that, but I get a little passionate. <laughs> that's exactly what we wanted to know because, but you said you started under 30. So what, you're about 35 now? You've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I'm 35 <laughs> and a half. Yeah, so this, this question is for both you and Nate. Um, because you have seen a lot of changes, both good and bad, um, in the positions you, you've been in at the front office. Uh, some of the things that, you know, we have asked of, of the NMOA and the executive board, sometimes we get a no, like um, Nate had said, sometimes it's just, it's no. And there's <laughs> reasons for it. Um, you know, we, we, we've gone and asked for different kind of, of training, changes in bylaws, changes in mechanics, and uh, sometimes it just can't happen because it's not in the rule book, in, in the National Federation rule book. Um, but going forward, because we are in a time of, of culture change, just based off what we've been doing, um, how are you, are you going to uh, address those those changes going forward? As you know, we're, none of us can be last year's official anymore. There's just too many things going on. Um, you've even seen it um, and and commented on in emails <coughs> that we have to train officials to take our jobs. Um, you know that came from Scott Novak. Um, we can't continue officiating the way we officiated because teams aren't playing like high school teams. They're playing. Some of them are college teams. That's how talented they are. We can't officiate with five men on a six A um, state championship team. We've we've addressed some of those those issues, um, just like basketball addressed it. Addressed going from two person to three man mechanics. We've asked about five man to seven man mechanics, and I guess my question is what. what What's your vision in the future of, of keeping up with the times and, and how football is changing so rapidly? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, and she's freezing. She's frozen again. Freezing. Go ahead and go ahead and go. Uh, Hold on, Dana. Sorry, you're frozen. I'd love to see seven. Oh, go ahead. Nate. I frozen okay. again. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Um, I think what Dana was saying is we would love to see seven uh, man mechanics in football, uh, you know, as an official. I definitely, you know, would like the extra bodies, um, whether it's basketball or or football or, you know, any sport. Um, but, but what I have learned being in the office is, you know, we have to think about um, numbers. Um, we have to think about uh the, the money aspect and what can our schools afford, what can, um, but not only that, right now we're still, yes, we're, we're up in numbers, but I just don't think that we have um, enough numbers to cover the amount of games that we have. We're, we're barely making it now. Um, 
but would Dana and I love to have seven person mechanics? Absolutely. Um, same thing with basketball and three person. I know that the board this year passed um, that all um, three person mechanics at all levels. Um, it's probably going to get amended to just two A through six A. I mean two A through five A. But um, with that being said, um, we're sure we haven't figured out how we're going to cover those games. Uh, you know, and schools are going to have to work kind of like they do with football, moving days and 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 kind of spreading that out so that we do have enough officials. Uh, so moving forward, I think that Dana was about to say that we, we would love to see the seven-person mechanics and and that extra official in, three in baseball and three in softball. And, and unfortunately, just those numbers just don't allow for us to have that, to have that at this time. You, you spoke for me perfectly. Sorry, sorry about my laggy internet. Um, yeah, so Nate's exactly right. We would love to see seven. I think that, you know, going forward, if we can start doing some training for seven, even though we can't, it's probably a wise decision. Um, but we, right now, we wouldn't have the numbers to cover it statewide. And, and we always have to look at that equity and make sure that we're doing things the same and offering the same across the state. So. You know, we'll continue to to look at it because you're right. Football, you know, spread offense, all that good stuff. You you can't officiate it effectively anymore with five officials. But I think on the other side, there is some education that can take place with coaches and officials so they understand why calls are person crew or a four person crew, which we use a lot in our state still. So I think if we can continue to educate and also you know, trying to get coaches involved with bringing in new officials um, so that we have the numbers to be able to, and obviously we need uh, the economy to be a little bit better and school budgets to be a lot better so that we can financially afford them. But, you know, we're, we're never going to say absolutely not to something when we know it benefits kids at the end of the day. And a, a seven-person crew in football or a three-person crew in baseball and softball would definitely be beneficial to the participants. So. It just comes to get more more officials and hopefully stabilize school budgets to be able to make that happen. So um, we're and, we're always we're all ears though. And the, and the best thing that that we can do as officials, um, in order to promote the extra official or two officials in any sport, is to one show the benefit by the practice of it and 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 be being proficient in it. You know, I can tell you that that up until you know four years ago when I started at the enemy, uh, there are still a lot of coaches that that just didn't want three person mechanics in the sport of basketball. And you know, now as time has is evolved and we've shown that the system truly works, um, just like it would in football, uh, but it's taken some time, you know, for them to trust that system. And and so really, the best thing that we can do is like Dana said, let's train and let's prepare and let's get as proficient as we can in, in seven-person mechanics. Obviously, we're not going to be able to practice it, um, but however we can do that, um, and then when we go out there, it, it's almost, you know, like, oh, wow, right. You know, it, it's that much better, so. Hey, Dennis, thanks for asking that question. We're, we're always going to try to push the envelope. Um, we only have time for really one more question, and I'm, it's the question we're all dying to hear. Um, are we going to have uh, fall sports and there are states around us that are opening up? 
Uh, and you know, can you can you kind of lead us out of this? Um, how it's going to happen, Dana? Above, it's above my pay grade, so that's Dana. <laughs> so it's above mine too, but I'll I'll give it a the old college try. Um, so in listening to our executive director Sally Marquez does a Q and A every Monday, and it's a question that she gets asked every Monday as far as is there going to be fall sports? And her answer is the same as mine in that, or mine is the same as hers in that we are very hopeful that it will. Um, you know, we are at the liberty, of course, of the governor and the PED and CEC, CPC uh, guidelines and all of that. We hope um, that there will be. I just think it would be so sad to not have a fall sports season. It was so rough not having a spring. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about summer regulations. That was part of our NMAA board meeting last week and the NMAA having some oversight on summer, which we don't generally, but because this is just so different, um, there will be a little bit more involvement is my understanding. Um, so we hope we can't give you a definite because we just don't know. There's so many decisions that have to come, you know, above our above our heads for that to happen. Thank you, Dana. That wasn't the question on the. So I know that wasn't the answer you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That wasn't the question we really wanted, but we threw it in there. Um, so hey, you guys, you guys forgot to ask me who my mentor was. We know who it was. It's Ken. Oh no! Come <laughs> on. It's, I honestly, it's been Dana. I wanted to tell you guys that it's been Dana. Um, from the very first time that I started officiating, um, I went to a basketball camp in Tucson and um, she happened to be there. It was the first time I had met Dana and uh, she comes to me and she goes, you know what? You have it. And I go, you know, it has been my first, it was my first camp I'd ever been to and Bob Schofield and Chris Rassatter there. And, and uh, you know, and, and Dana goes, you have it, you know? And so, you know, but that was kind of, you know, that, that's kind of the relationship that she builds with all officials, not just her now assistant. And, and now that I'm in the office, I'm telling you, uh, everything that I learn on a daily basis is, is unbelievable. Um, you know, she's taught me officiating, she's taught me life and she's taught me, uh, professionalism and, and office life. Uh, the hardest adjustment for me, um, going to the NMA was, was definitely the was the transition from officiating to being you know on the admin side and and so that transition has been you know it's been a work in progress it's it's getting better but it's definitely with the the mentor you know with the mentorship of of Dana you know and and 23 years later people are still yelling at me about their rating so it, the job doesn't change <laughs> better <laughs> yeah the, the job doesn't change it, it comes with the job yeah what's my rating and don't say zero because you can't get any lower than that <laughs> yeah. all i know is that I, I, I believe that you're state eligible but if you miss the meeting you're dropping down the playoff eligible. yeah <laughs> hey, so we, we appreciate you guys you know, uh your, your guys's um time we don't want to take too much more dana has to get on another webinar but just you know, this is, this is the 24th webinar we've done. We appreciate your support. Um, Man. 
when when we came to you, you guys asked the question, well, what do we have to do? Nothing. Just give me the list of the emails for every football official in the state. And that, that made it so so easy for us um, because you guys just let us, let us run with it. Um, we're going to take a couple weeks off. We're going to start uh, June 15th with some summer webinars. We're going to run one a week. We're going to go about eight to ten weeks, just depending on, on how we feel. We have agenda. Um, if you guys feel like we need to adjust that, uh, give us some feedback. Any feedback that you get from any officials through your office, please let us, let us know. And then hopefully we hit the field in September. Oh. I, I sure hope so. Guys, thank you so much um, again. I know I've, am I frozen again? No, you're good. No, you're good. Am I good? Okay. Um, thank you guys so much for everything. I know I've thanked you until you're probably sick of hearing me say thank you, but it, this has just been tremendous, and thank you for being our inspiration for getting the ball rolling in other sports as well. It's really been beneficial for everyone, and uh, th this is what, and you guys have been catalysts and really a, a really unusual situation for some really good change. So thank you for everything that you've done for us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Dana Pappas, Dana Costa, thank you. God bless you guys. Have a good night.